All right, welcome back to the Soma Mama podcast, everyone. I have such an amazing guest with you to with us today, and I'm so excited to share you with her and her journey. Uh, introducing you to Miss Ryan Nicole. She is an LPC, um, a therapist that focuses primarily on binge eating recovery and um, has a very close personal connection to uh, binge eating as well. And so I personally, and we're, we're diving straight into it today, um, I have a history of eating disorders. And I know, especially with the female population, young women, many, many, many do. And I, um, Brian and I connected actually in our undergraduate degree in San Diego. And, you know, we actually joined the same sorority. We were, you know, connected. And, you know, in college, you have those like acquaintances, you have those friends you'll like be in class with, or you'll talk, have chit chat with, but, um, and then you have your friends you go deep with, whatever. And then after college, it's like, whoa, what, where did my people go? And Ryan and I were actually talking about that before we started recording today of just like the beautiful divine nature of when you meet someone, you might not like that might not be the purpose of your connection when you very meet, you know, when you first meet them, it might come five years down the road. It might come 10 years down the road be it through your professional work or your personal life, or maybe you're living in the same location. And that is, those are the connections that I live for just in general, like, oh, okay, that's why we connected. Um, and be it that I'm currently in my social work program to become a therapist myself, I've just been really in awe of following Ryan with her journey and um, learning from her both as an individual, as a professional. Um, and so I hope to discuss so many things today. Um, but without further ado, I will pass the mic off to Ryan to give us an introduction about her and her work and her story and whatever unfolds. So take it away, Ray. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super honored to be here. And it just, it feels so surreal to connect after so long. And I think what's really cool as we begin sharing our stories is that it just opens up a space for vulnerability. And I know that when Courtney and I were in undergrad together, I definitely never talked or told anybody about my issues with food. And I definitely never heard about yours. And I think that it's so cool to like be able to reconnect and be like, okay, like I was going through the same thing too. And now we're on the other side and it's just it, it just warms my heart to be able to be on the other side with you now. But anyways, hi, I'm Ryan. <laughs> and I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, and I have a virtual private practice that specializes in helping people change their perspective around food and body to ultimately make peace with food and body. I am all about food and wellness being a part of your life without it being your entire life. And I know, at least for me, living in the culture that we live in and just the family that I was brought up with, it was one of those things where very early on, I thought that wellness was life. And if you weren't losing weight, if you weren't on a diet, if you weren't eating quote right, then you were doing something wrong. And that is what the main purpose of life was. And then everything else just kind of is second to that. And so I never understood this concept of 
food and wellness not being your entire life because for me, it was my entire life. And it started becoming my entire life when I was 12. I would say it was building before then, but when I was 12, I saw a picture of myself at a swim meet that was candid that just flipped the switch for me. And in that moment, I saw this picture and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I look like this. I need to lose weight. Granted, I was 12. So like just being 12, like all of the messages building and like just what, what we're taught and what we learn, like for me to conceptualize, like this is wrong. And like, I need to change it that young. I mean, is, is a whole other conversation, but anyways, decided that I needed to lose weight. Didn't know anything about calories. I always say my fitness pal wasn't a thing then. And thank God, because I have no idea what would have happened if it was. So I just started reading more and I just started cutting things out. And because I was a competitive swimmer at that time, swimming the way that I was swimming, aligning with cutting out foods and eating less and less and less, I dropped weight rapidly so much that I lost my period. My hair was falling out, like all of the symptoms. And then one day I was on vacation with my family. I was in a bathing suit and my parents pulled me aside and they were like, Ryan, if this continues, when we get back home, we are taking you to the hospital. And in that moment, I would say that was about four months after everything started. I freaked out and I was like, I don't have a problem. Why do they think that I have a problem? I'm going to show them that I'm absolutely fine. And so they had just ordered lunch for all of us and I ate all of my lunch and then I ate my brother's lunch and then I went ahead and asked them if I could eat their lunch just to show them like I'm fine and I don't have a problem. And in that moment, I opened up the gates to binge eating and it was like I got this high off of finally being able to have that food and feeling full and all the thoughts just kind of disappeared in that moment. And then I stopped and the guilt and the shame and the anxiety came rushing back in. And after that, I kept trying to go back to the girl that had so much control, so much willpower, but I could only make it a few days before I would spiral into a binge. And I always like to define binge for me because I know that a lot of people have different definitions, but for me, it was almost like a blackout eating. It was this overwhelming urge to get food, get it fast, get it now and eat it as fast as I could before anybody saw. And I did not feel like I was able to stop until I was physically ill or there was literally no more food left. And so this was a cycle that happened over and over and over and over again for years. And in this time, it wasn't that I ever liked it. It wasn't that I never wanted to stop. It was that I always blamed myself. I blamed the willpower. I blamed control as the problem. I never stopped to think, okay, maybe maybe what I'm doing with food and maybe how I think about my body is the problem. Anyways, so I went to therapy for the first time in 2009 after my parents were like, okay, right, we're not taking you to a hospital, but you need help. I was not ready. I was not willing. I did not do anything different. Nothing changed. And I continued trying to restrict, trying to restrict, trying to lose weight, binge. Two years after that, I went back to therapy again. At this point, I told my mom, okay, I think I'm ready to get help, 
but in my mind I was saying I'm ready for someone to stop these binges so that I can finally stop binging and lose the weight. And when I went to therapy this time for a year, still wasn't willing to do the work, still wasn't willing to listen, nothing changed. Then I thought that maybe if I got a weight loss coach, that everything would be better and I would get the accountability to finally stick to the diet and everything would be better and I would lose the weight and my life would be perfect. And that is when I really started living the double life of lying and I just got better at lying. And at this time, I was going away to college and it was the first time that I was away from my parents, but also had the freedom of the dining hall vending machines and the flexibility to drive wherever I wanted and to binge whenever I wanted and nobody was keeping tabs on me. And so my binge restrict cycle just exacerbated to the point that, I mean, it was my entire life. I would lose weight, gain weight. I was not going out with friends. I had a really hard time making friends. I was avoiding social events. And um, it was it was just my entire life. And then freshman year finished, sophomore year started, continued, same cycle, continued blaming myself, continued restricting, binging. And uh, it was between between my sophomore and junior year, I remember it was sophomore year in the spring, I hit rock bottom. I remember I had made up my mind to binge and anybody who's struggled with binge eating knows that no matter how bad you want to stop, when you make up your mind, it's like no one's going to stop you. And I drove to the grocery store, bought all of my, my binge foods, and I got home, told my roommates, not feeling well, so I'm not going to go out with them. They went out. I sat in my dorm room and I just ate everything that I had just bought. And I sat on the floor with the wrappers all around me. And I remember opening Snapchat and looking at all of their stories out having fun and being with each other and being at parties and events and laughing. And I was here in my dorm room and this was my life. And in that moment, I always say that that is when I got to a place where I was more afraid to stay the same than I was to do something different. And I was finally willing to do the work. So I went home that summer, enrolled in an outpatient treatment program for binge eating, dedicated that entire summer to recovery, and then finished out my junior and senior year in recovery. How I got to where I am today, so this is a a funny story now. (laughs) When I was my in my freshman year, we didn't have to decide what we wanted to major in, where we went to school. So I went in undecided. And then when it was time to decide what we needed to major in, I remember thinking to myself, okay, I want to major in something different than business. My dad always said, if you are going to major in business, you need to go to a state school. If we're, if you're going to go out of state and we're going to help you, then you need to pick something different. So I was like, okay, can't, can't major in business, which is fine because that wasn't really up my alley at that point anyways. But I was like, all right, so 
I already know what I'm quote supposed to eat. So nutrition doesn't really interest me because I already know everything. (laughs) But what I don't know is why I just can't stick to the diet. I don't understand why my brain is broken. And I don't understand why it's so hard for me to just eat these foods and be okay. And I don't understand why I just can't lose the weight. And so I was like, if I major in psychology, then maybe I can fix my brain, figure out how to stick to the diet, lose the weight, my life will be perfect. And then everything else from there will kind of just work itself out. Well, (laughs) that didn't help. If anything, I just understood my behaviors more, but then felt crazier because I still couldn't stop doing them. Now... It just all kind of worked out because when I went into my treatment program, I had a therapist that also was in recovery. And I always say, when you go into recovery or you go into eating disorder treatment, it is absolutely not a requirement for your therapist to have a history. And it doesn't make them a bad therapist if they don't have a history. For me, I needed that. I needed that for hope. I needed someone to say, I have been where you are and now I'm on the other side. And that is what she was able to offer me. And I remember being with her and just being so in awe, not only how she changed my life, but just how she talked about things and just the perspective switches that she gave me that I was like, this is, this is what this is all happening for. Like binge eating didn't happen to me. It happened for me. All my eating disorders happened for me so that I can become this person that can hopefully create this space where other people don't feel so alone. Because when I was in it, I felt like I was the only person in the world that did this. And also binge eating didn't even come out as like a DSM diagnosis until 2013. And So for four years when I was engaging in this and was Googling, like, what is happening to me? Nothing came up. And so I I legit thought I was crazy. And I, I can't even imagine if there were the pages that there are now that just offered me the reassurance, like, wow, like, I'm not the only person that does this. And then also the education of, wait a minute, this has nothing to do with control or willpower. This is actually just your body reacting to unmet needs. So anyways... When COVID happened, I was finishing up my clinical hours to get my LPC. I was working at a substance abuse treatment center. And the thing with therapists is that it doesn't matter how great of a therapist you are. The way that our human brain works in this field is that if you have a therapist that has been working for 20 years on the table and you have a therapist that's been working for one, we're always naturally going to gravitate towards the 20 year one. Because in this field, it's like more time equals wiser, which is absolutely not true. So I was like, okay, well, how am I going to be able to show that, you know, I know what I'm doing and I'm good at the work that I'm doing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to create a platform that at least I can start teaching what I know to other people and start building that up so that when I do have my license, I can be like, okay, like I, I have some credibility, even if I don't have the 20 years behind my name and things just kind of took off a lot faster and a lot bigger than I had ever imagined, had ever planned And now I have a full-blown virtual private practice. I got my LPC in February, left my full-time job to work for myself full-time, and 
have been doing that since and now I'm here I I'm applauding right now I right I are actually recording this over zoom so I get to see her her facial expressions and the embodiment of her journey and that last bit of just like uh like arriving on the mountaintop and like you know arms spread like full open power pose of like I'm I'm here and no my journey doesn't stop here yeah Um, but that like that piece is so inspiring to me um, currently where I'm at and, and like, okay. And, and just to share is this is like a, a caveat. I realized one of my mental patterns for a while was the like, quote credentialed enough mindset so it was like okay i can't do this unless i have this and i can't do and so it's this vicious cycle whereas similarly i felt even like it was this pattern i'd apply for jobs and be like i am worthy i am eligible for this position and i'm getting turned down and turned down and turned down and turned like anyone else any listeners who have been through that experience like my hands up i've been there and i finally hit a wall like this beginning of this year um january when i was like you know what like instead of coming up with all of these reasons as to why i can't do something i'm gonna ask myself what well why can't i right i'm gonna flip the question back on me and say why not and that like obviously with ryan has built quite a following on social media and 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 i'm has connected with so many individuals across the globe i'm sure and that is the beauty of social media as much as we can condone it or criticize it in some ways that it doesn't serve our holistic lives and well-being like it gives us this platform to connect with individuals in this world where we are you know we are connected we are humans we are meant to exist together and if you can be working with someone even across the country when you're located in you know southern idaho it's like awesome so beautiful yeah that's incredible and so yes i'm applauding you for for just putting you know putting the intention into the universe and and putting the action to to that like yes i can do this and i'm going to start sharing what i know um and i'd like for you to tell us like a little bit more about that journey ryan like creating your first ever reel what did that feel like and yeah. like putting your, the information out there into the world like right at the beginning how did that feel in your body and in your experience scary so this is actually, this is such a good question. This is not something that anybody has asked me yet. When I was thinking about doing this and creating this, I had been dating my now husband for about four months. And when we started dating, I was well into my recovery. And this was the first relationship that I had ever started where he didn't know me as Ryan with the eating disorder. It was just Ryan. And I kept that piece away in the beginning because I was like, I like this. I like that he's not worried about my food or worried about comments, or I have this fear that he's thinking about me differently. Anyways, as COVID happened and I started seeing more people sharing information about this stuff that had literally no credentials. I was sitting there with way too much time on my hands because obviously COVID. And I was like, 
why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing this? And so I not only had the fear of like, okay, how do I even start? But I was like, if I have to do this, or if I'm going to do this, that means that I have to start by telling him like my past. And so that was kind of like the kickoff of this by sharing with him my history of everything. And when he was like, okay, and, and I was like, that's it. I was like, whoa, like maybe I'm making this such a bigger deal in my head than it really needs to be. And when I was like, okay, I want to create this space where I can share what I know about food freedom and recovery and just building a healthy relationship with food on Instagram. And uh, maybe I can create this space where we can just talk about this stuff and have it be something safe. Like I, I had no idea. And I deleted all of my social media. So there was like, because you know, when you have like two different social media accounts, like the algorithm like starts connecting them. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I don't want anybody to know. So I did it as a secret for like a year before anybody that I knew actually found it. So I would say that I definitely wasn't as comfortable in the beginning because I was so scared. I was like, what are, what are people going to think? Because at this time I still didn't really see a lot of accounts about binge eating and people really weren't talking about it then. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to share this very vulnerable part of me that, that comes with so much shame of, you know, I had these moments of like complete chaos around food and a lot of people don't understand it. And I'm going to start sharing that. And the more that I shared, the more that I was able to connect with other people and the more I started to hear from other people, like, thank you so much. Like, I never realized anybody else struggled with this. And for the first time, I don't feel alone. And as I started hearing those comments and and I got those messages, it just inspired me to keep sharing, keep sharing. And I grew very slowly in the beginning because I think I was trying to make it so curated. I was still trying to keep this like perfect image of like every everything is good and everything is great and like eat eat this and like you know the perfect picture and the perfect reel and I realized well it just got exhausting and I was like I can't I can't keep up with this. I'm becoming obsessive over this. And I was just like, F it. I'm just going to start to be more vulnerable. I'm just going to start being more me. I'm just going to start sharing more of my journey because this is what this is really about. And it really, really kind of uh, just exploded when I started sharing more about binge eating and when I started sharing more about my story with binge eating And from there, it has been incredible to, as you said, connect with so many other people across the world, but also to hear, this isn't incredible, but like having the space to be able to hear, like, there are so many other people that struggle with this. And so when I was creating the content in the beginning, it was so scary because I was like, what are other people going to think? And then I realized, who cares? Who cares? Because 
I'm living in a way that I couldn't even imagine now. And if what I put out there saves one person from going through what I went through, then it's worth it. And, you know, I think that if anything has helped me with the fear of judgment and getting over the fear of judgment, obviously, you know, that fear is still there, but I always try to put it in perspective of we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And if somebody wants to spend their time judging me, that's on them. If I want to use my energy worrying about that or letting that get to me, that's on me. And so I have just kind of let go of that and been like, everybody's going to have an opinion regardless. And I just, I just know me. And the more that I do me, the more that, I don't know, just things are just working out. Yes. Oh, I, gosh, I have so many things I want to mention on there. And thank you just for that candid share, right? I'm, I'm like so confident that that will touch so many of our listeners. And I, I know I can agree with that. And I love the, like really the analogy of like, there's 24 hours in a day for you to worry about yourself, for you to criticize others. And, and that's on you. And, and, and similarly flipping the the script back on myself, right? If yeah. I'm doing that, like, that's about, that's about me. And that's about maybe my shadow work or, some of my fears or some of my limiting beliefs or my condition tendencies, right? Like throwing out all of these, they're pissed, uh, like emotional language, language words out there. Um, but I, yeah, I, I say that all the time of like, okay, especially when someone, I get triggered with, with anything, be it someone's behavior, someone's words. Um, it's sometimes I do have to take an opportunity to just like advocate for myself and say, I need space. I need to time outside. I need to like take a breath. And it gives me time to reflect on, um, why it was that I was triggered in the first place. Um, which is that's taking a little bit of a left turn to what you just spoke to, but so, okay. I want to come back to like, now it's getting a little bit more business minded and like social media, um, oriented around like, how do you, I know you, I I love how you mentioned you just decided to take more of a a vulnerable plunge into just sharing your life exactly how it is while you're honeymooning in Hawaii or while you're, you know, moving apartments and setting up your office. Like truly I follow along and and I love it. And, and it lights up my day and I'm like here rooting for you and cheering for you. Mm -hmm. As I know so many people are. Um, so when it comes to content, are you like, do you get plan oriented? Are you like, okay, this is what I'm going to post on this day. Is it super organic? I also want to mention too, for those of you listening who might not yet follow Rye on Instagram, um, she's been doing this food fear, um, July all throughout the month of July, which she can speak to, but something like that, like, did that just come up because people wanted it? Did you like think of it in the shower or on a hike or was it planned? What's so funny is that I am so type A, like I love calendars and plans and schedules. And I have tried so many times to plan my content and I just can't, I just can't do it. It's all organic. It's all that day. Sometimes it'll be like something that I had from a while ago, or I have a video where I like have planned to go out at a certain time, but for the most part, it's all just 
things that I whipped up. And that took me a while to learn because also when I was trying to batch it and trying to get it perfect on going out on these days, my, my content just always performed better when it was just like top of the moment. Um, what else did you ask? <laughs> yeah, that will not answer that question. Yeah. Is it, is it on the fly or is it planned? Oh, so going off of that with the food fear challenge? No. So what was happening is I had a lot of people reaching out to me about how do you eat that? Or how are you okay eating that? And I just kind of thought about it on a whim in March. So I did it for the first time in March and did it every day in March. And a part of it was for other people, but a part of it was for me too. So I got engaged last August and just got married about two months ago. And wedding diet culture is a whole other form of diet culture. And I was triggered in a way that I didn't think that I was going to be triggered and it affected me more in a way than I thought it was going to affect me. And I felt myself like not slipping back into old behaviors, but I felt like old destructive thinking patterns coming up and they were coming up and staying there more than I would like them to stay there. And so I realized, okay, I have other people that are needing this for them, but there's a part of me that is needing this for me. And I need to continue to show myself like food doesn't matter. You can eat whatever you want and it's not a big deal. And it's not about weight. It's about how you feel. And so that just kind of kicked off the March series. And then that blew up a lot bigger than I thought it would. And that impacted people a lot more than I thought it would. And then I took a break because it's exhausting. (laughs) And then I had a lot of people asking for it back. So I realized, okay, we'll bring it back and we'll do it for July. And then, you know, we'll probably do months here and there down the road. But everything thus far has been spontaneous. I wish I could come up with a plan. I think that it would free me up a lot and give me some, you know, more space, but it is what it is. I I hear you there, sis. And I, I mean, I'm the same way when I'm thinking about like teaching a yoga class. I, as much as I've tried to like outline my postures and my sequences, I will do that. And then I'll get into a yoga room or yoga class to teach. And that I don't even look at it. That goes out the window. And it's, you know, I want to touch on something there, which it's like, what's coming up for me is when you're alignment in alignment with your true essence and your soul's work in this, in this lifetime, in this physical form, I I don't, and I don't, I, that's, I want, I'm going to, I'm removing the word should, because I don't like to use the word should, but Um, that's how we want it to be, right? Yeah. Like it, it, it will come to you with ease and it will come to you in this flowy, organic, like in psychology, they talk about positive psychology. They talk about the flow state, right? Like when you're yeah. in flow, you're moving, you're like, you literally are flowing in a way that you're like, whoa, it's, it can be this easy, right? Like I don't need all of the structures that society has set in place for me or for us, or I don't need to, you know, lean into the pokier sides of my mind. Like, no, it's not, it's not that, it doesn't have to be that hard. And I can relate that also back into like some, the, my work in somatics and, and combining mm. talk therapy and somatics work, which has become quite a buzz buzzword and buzz term 
in our world, just even in the last dec- decade, but yeah. it's been the last few years. But when people ask me like, what, what is somatic? What are somatics? What is that? You know, I, I'm like, dude, soma is a Latin term for body. That's, that's all we're doing is we're connecting with our body. And yes, it, it feels hard because we're conditioned to do otherwise, um, to do so otherwise, but like, it's really pretty simple right? To come back to body. Um, that being said, of course, of complexities layer on as we have endured trauma, as we, you know, work through family relationships and boundaries or lack thereof, like there, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of layers. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hard to, to bring your awareness back to your body. And it doesn't have to be hard to begin to share your story, your content, your business, your, you know, jewelry, whatever it is that lights you up with the world. And like, that's what the universe wants, right? Like that's what we are all are here for. Um, and I, I can imagine, I appreciate your honesty around like the exhaustion too, when you would come to the points with the food fear months or whatever, and you're just like, okay, we're going to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been hard. Like the, the work life detaching from social media balance has been really hard. And then respecting my boundaries, respecting you know, my husband and my time's boundaries together and then work boundaries. That's something that I'm still working on. <laughs> and we, to all of you listening, we did mention this before we started recording and that like therapists are people too. Yeah. Um, you know, they're many, in many of the ways they're working with their clients to support them in the betterment of their lives. The mirrors reflected back onto ourselves, right? Like, yeah, there are always things that can be um, learned and worked. Oh on. my gosh, yes, I have a therapist. I recommend everybody has a therapist, even if you go once a month, once a quarter. Like it's like going to the doctor for your mind. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, well, Ryan, I okay. Once, just this is kind of a silly question that popped into my mind, but I feel like other people think this. Do you respond to every DM? Yeah. And it's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> because. It does not surprise me, but that's incredible. Wow. I, so over the last, I had a, I had a video three days ago go extremely, extremely viral. And the growth that has happened on my page in the last three days has been amazing but so overwhelming and for the first time like I literally don't know if I can respond to every single one but I try I try um and I've had people reach out to me really angry that I didn't get back to them and so if you're listening please know that we're people too and like we try (laughs) but there is so much behind the scenes that It takes a lot of time. Like, for example, I've been in back-to-back calls since 10 a.m. And I will continue these calls until 5. And then it's like my husband comes home and, like, I want to spend that time with him. And then there are comments, there are DMs, there are, like, there – 
this is a tangent, but I remember in COVID before I got started and like thinking about influencers and being like, their life is so easy. All they have to do is take a picture and they just post it and like they get paid for it. Oh my God, no, there is so much behind the scenes that I had no idea about. And I don't even know if I would have started if I knew everything that goes into it. But anyways, that was a tangent, but yeah, I, I I hear you there. And I, 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 that's something I think to myself often is like, I don't, that is not something I wish upon myself. Um, and I do see, like, I see the the blood, the sweat, the tears, the, I mean, all of the effort that goes into it and, and like really putting a hugely positive spin on this is someone who innately like likes to push against like conformity. And I question a lot of things and like the existence and the meaning of them. I'm like, dude, seven-year-olds are making millions off of TikTok. Like when you tell me that, you know, the, you don't know what to do in this world. Like you have endless options. And I am also someone who's innately anxious and I'm option overwhelm is very much a thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I get, I get that too. But like truly there are endless, boundless opportunities and like our generation, millennial generation, generation Z and thereafter, like there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, so I, I just, I bring that back to you, Ryan, your offerings and all of the love and intention that you put forth into the social ether, um, because I know it has impacted so many people and it will continue to do so. Um, and, and I really appreciate you mentioning, like, it's not just for them, but it's for me too. And that, that reciprocity and healing is, is so beautiful. And like, that's, that's really my sole purpose with my business, soul to soul wellness. And just with this podcast and connecting with other people is like, we are, we exist with one another. That's, you know, that's why we're here. Um, so before we conclude today, Ryan, why don't you give us, um, or give our listeners an idea of where they can connect with you um yeah we'll go from there yeah you can find me on instagram my handle is at it's ryan nicole tiktok everything is it's ryan nicole um and the caveat is ryan with two n's so make sure you put in r-y-a-n-n and i will pop up but i do respond to everything and i love hearing from you guys i love connecting with you guys i love these conversations so if you're struggling if you are in the cycle of binge eating if you're just looking to find a better relationship with food i would love to connect Awesome. And I will pop all of those in the show notes. Um, Rai, thank you so much for taking, carving out some of your precious time today. I know it is very. No, thank you for having me. (laughs) um, I can't wait for our listeners to connect with you and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Yay. Thank you.